You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Inspiration for a new generation is the title of this devotion. We're living in the days that a new generation is again coming forth. And of course, that repeats itself in cycles that are obvious sometimes and sometimes not as obvious, but it is obvious that there's a whole new generation rising. And I believe that for us who have walked with the Lord for some time, we have a great responsibility before the Lord to be an inspiration for a new generation. David said in Psalm 71, I just thought about this amazing Psalm. He said, oh God, you have taught me from my youth. First he says, from my birth, you were there and carried me. And then he says, you've taught me from my youth. You see how God wants to inspire a new generation, the youth. And he says, to this day, I declare your wondrous work. Do you see when we can inspire the young generation, how that will affect the future? He says, now that I'm old, in verse 18 of Psalm 71, and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. Oh, I love the heart that David had. He wasn't just like Hezekiah who was content to just have peace in his day, but did not feel called to provide for the next generation, even though that affected his own sons and daughters. He didn't have that in him. It should have been there in him, but he didn't have it. If you read about Hezekiah, when the Lord spoke to him, how Babylon would come, but during his reign there would be peace. He said, that's a good word. There will be peace during my day. He didn't intercede for the next generation where David lived that everything he obtained in his life would be a blessing to the next generation. And I believe that God is looking to you and me and saying, come on, don't just live your latter days for self-satisfaction and pleasure, but live your latter day to provide, to provide for a new generation which brings me to a precious man in the scripture who worked with David called Ethan. And maybe you've never heard of Ethan, but I'm sure from today you will remember him. Ethan was a young man. He had a brother called Haman. He was a young man from the tribe of Merari, one of the three sons of Levi. Merari was the third son, the youngest son of Levi. And the lineage of Merari is interesting to follow through scripture. And you see there was a real grace on that lineage. And Ethan was of the, 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 the tribe of Merari, of the three sons of Levi. And when David rose in his youth, when he was just 30 years old, when he became king, one of the first things that David did was to bring worship to God's people. 
to put God at the center of the community of the nation. And Ethan jumped on the bandwagon of seeing God again become the center of the community. Whenever God is at the center of any community, His righteousness and peace and joy begins to enter into that community. When you take God out of the center of the community, you take righteousness, peace and joy away. And we need God today to be restored to the center of the community of our nations throughout the earth. And I have faith that this is a day that He has called you and me to be an inspiration for a new generation. And Ethan, when he heard about David wanting to bring worship back to the center, he volunteered. He was right there as a young man wanting to get involved. And it says here in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, it talks about the sons of Levi were Gershon, Kohath, and Morari. And Ethan was of the sons of Morari. And then it says in verse 31 of 1 Chronicles 6, Now these are the men whom David appointed over the service of song in the house of the Lord after the ark came to rest. They were ministering with music before the dwelling place of the tabernacle of meeting until Solomon had built the house of the Lord in Jerusalem and they served in their office according to their order. And then it talks about these different sons and it says then to make it not too long in verse 42, and the son of Ethan, the son of Zimah, the son of Shemai, and so forth. It says, their brethren, the sons of Merari, on the left hand were Ethan, the son of Kishi. Kishi here is a short statement of the name Kushahaya, Kushahaya. And it says here that Ethan was there with this of the sons of Moriah on the left hand. And it says in verse 48, they were appointed to every kind of service of the tabernacle of the house of God. So whatever needed to be done, they were there to volunteer. And they were part of the worship that was going on 24 seven. They were there constantly serving. That's what their calling in life was meant to be, they felt. And I think the Lord is looking for you and me to have a calling to serve the Lord. Then look at this in verse, in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, okay? And I like this, and I want you to hear this, please. I'm talking about inspiring a new generation, okay? And I want today to use Ethan as an example, how as a young man in his youth, he volunteered to serve together with King David what God was doing in their day. And I believe God is looking for young men and young women who are willing to serve and who are volunteering and who are saying, no, me and my house, I know I'm not married, I don't have a house yet, but one day I will and I want my, me and my house to serve the Lord. And it says here, in 1 Chronicles 15, verse 16, 
David, then David spoke to the leaders of the Levites to appoint their brethren to be singers accompanied by instruments of music, stringed instruments, harps, and cymbals, by raising the voice uh, with resounding joy, by raising the voice with resounding joy. So the Levites appointed Haman, that was the older brother of, of Ethan, and uh, the son of Joel, and of his brethren, Asaph, the son of Barachi, and of their brethren, the sons of Merari, Ethan, the son of Cushahai. Ethan's father was Cushahai. And with them, their brethren of the second rank, Zechariah, all these different names. It says in verse 19, the singers Haman, Asaph, and Ethan were to sound the symbol of bronze. Now, if you study out the scriptures, they at one time would have 4,000 men sounding cymbals and making music. I mean, can you imagine the phenomenal sound that went up and the presence of the Holy Spirit that would just begin to infiltrate the whole community with having such worship because the Bible says that God thrones upon the praises of His people. His presence begins to manifest is what that means when we begin to acknowledge Him and worship Him. <laughs> and here, Ethan was happy to be among them. Maybe by this time he was married, I don't know. But just to use that as an example, maybe he was married and he came home after a 12-hour shift of, of worshiping and praising and serving in the tabernacle there that David had erected until the temple of Mo, uh, Solomon was built. And, and he came home after a 12-hour shift and his wife said to him, oh, darling, I am just so proud of you that you're giving your life to God, that you're giving your life to worship Him, that you're helping to rebuild our nation and their heart for God. I'm just so proud of you, honey. I just, I just, I'm so grateful for you. Now that would be the right wife. Or would it be that she would have said, I don't know why you go out there and do that all day long instead of getting a real job. Oh, you're so short, nobody can see you. And the noise was so loud, I couldn't stand it. I had to go home, I couldn't bear it. I don't know, I couldn't even see you. I don't know why you do that. You see, that's not the right kind of wife. The wife who breaks down her husband's effort to worship God who disdains him, who mocks him, who makes fun of him. Oh my goodness, dear women, you have such a great responsibility to, before God to bring honor to your husband in appreciating him and encouraging him to stand alongside him in that which God has called him to, like he's been called to stand alongside you in what God's called you to so you can serve the Lord together and his favor and blessing can be upon your house. I so encourage you women, Honor your husband like the scripture teaches you. <laughs> Honor your husband and let him feel that sense of pride you have in him because it will encourage him to do well. Anybody who gets encouraged feels to do well. Anybody who gets discouraged often is broken down in doing well. And we need to build each other up, amen? <laughs> and so here, Ethan was serving David. Now David, was a completely different kind of character than his son Solomon. 
David was a warrior. David slew his Goliaths, his giants. David possessed nations. David conquered great armies. David was a man who fought the battles of the Lord to bring the land that God had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their children into their possession and to subdue the evil powers that had, to, had not bowed before them. And David was a great warrior. And then you have Solomon who never, we'd never read him fighting any battles, but just living off of all the victories David had won. Solomon was a different character. He was a different nature. By the time Solomon began to reign, Ethan would have been quite a bit older. <laughs> I would guess he would be about 60 years to 70 years old, in between 60 and 70. And here he is ready to help the new generation come into what God predestined them to, even though they were very different than what he had been used to. And that is the point I want to make today. And I will go with you to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29, please, to make this point. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom an exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Again, and God gave Solomon wisdom, an exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt. Listen now closely, verse 31 of 1 Kings chapter 4. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan the Ezrahite. <laughs> he was, in other words, even wiser than Ethan. Solomon, who received the wisdom from God, the spirit of wisdom. The Bible talks about this in Isaiah chapter 11, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Isaiah 11 verse 2. He was given the spirit of wisdom to be able to perceive and acknowledge what God was giving and showing and doing. He had the mind of God, the, the mind and the, the intuition, the, the perception of God on him. And, and that wisdom was like light for the people. And it was compared to the wisdom of Ethan. He was even wiser than Ethan. Ethan had walked with his father David and had served faithfully. That wasn't always easy. He'd been there for 40 years serving King David. He had gone through the sorrows that David had. Much of David's life was a life of sorrow, of mistakes he made, of repenting, remorsing, lamenting, finding mercy to be able to obtain that mercy revealed in him to be able to give it away to the next generation, finding grace, obtaining it in the practice of his daily living, to be able to give it away to the next generation, finding the forbearance and goodness of the Lord that he had promised to give Israel through Moses in Exodus 34, and being able to 
embody that in all the horrible trials he went through, many of them because of his own sins and own mistakes, where he had to withstand the horrible ridicule of the enemies of the Lord, those who didn't have the true heart of God, but who were religious, but without the spirit of it. (laughs) And he had to fight all these horrific battles. And so it wasn't an easy journey that David had had. And Ethan had walked with him. He had borne the scars with him. He had borne the sorrows with him. He had borne all of that. But he had not just borne the sorrows, but he obtained the mercies and the grace with King David. Because if you look at Ethan's Psalm, Psalm 89, which is where we're going to close today, you see what spirit he was standing along Solomon with to inspire a new generation. The spirit that God had formed in him over many trials, over many tribulations, over many hardships and disappointments and frustrations. This grace that God had formed in Ethan over all these years was compared to the wisdom of Solomon at his beginning. And this wisdom that Ethan carried, we see here in Psalm 89. It says here, Psalm 89, remembering the covenant with David and sorrow for lost blessings, a contemplation of Ethan, the Ezraite, right? This is the Ethan we're talking about. Listen to his wisdom, okay? It's a long psalm. It has, uh, oh, how many verses? It has 52 verses, so I can't do the whole psalm, but I wanted you to pick up the spirit of wisdom by which he inspired a new generation. And that is the spirit of grace God is looking for in you and me. Let's not ever let any of the trials we've gone through in this life go to waste. Smith Wigglesworth was a great man of God, used greatly by the Lord. You can... You can buy a devotion by Smith Wigglesworth where his messages have been narrated and you can read it. It's phenomenal. Or some of his books, Ever Increasing Faith, I think is one of them phenomenal and so forth. Smith Wigglesworth. He was in Bradford up north in the United Kingdom where he lived and, and served the Lord Jesus throughout the whole world, really. And he said, do not ever waste a great trial for it is your robing time. It's you coming into your inheritance. And it's so important, dear friends, that we don't let our trials go to waste, but that in all these things, the Lord has made us more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself for us. And we've come to taste and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we want to share all these riches with the new generation to encourage them, to strengthen them, to stand alongside them in their trials and tribulations, to affirm them and to show them that as the Lord's been with us and we didn't deserve it, so the Lord is with them. So to encourage them. And here's the wisdom that I want you to see in Ethan. Psalm 89 verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I don't know what your song is. I pray it's not the blues, but the hallelujahs. Great is thy faithfulness, mercy. Mercy has found me. Mercy is new every morning. Oh, hallelujah. Great is God's goodness and mercy to those who fear him. 
Amen. I will sing of your mercies forever, said, said Ethan. And I believe this is a wisdom this new generation needs. They need to sing the hallelujahs instead of the blues. They need to sing about God's goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our life. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. Do you see that? How can we inspire a new generation but to show them that God is faithful and that He'll be there for them and that He will not fail them? I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the very heavens. Oh my goodness, verse five. <laughs> and the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. Verse seven, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. Verse 11, the heavens are yours. The earth also are yours. The world and all its fullness, you have founded them. Verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound, who hear the call, let us go to the house of the Lord, to walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. And in your name they rejoice all day long, and in your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and in your favor, our horn, our strength is exalted, for our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, the Holy One of Israel. Listen, I'm almost there. Then you spoke in a vision to your Holy One and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I've exalted one chosen among the people. I have found my servant David with my holy oil. I've anointed him with whom my hand shall be established. Also my arm shall strengthen him and the enemy shall not outwit him and on and on and on. In other words, what, they, what Ethan, this wisdom he had, I know the secret of David's success was that the Lord anointed him. And that same anointing is for the new generation. That same anointing by which David was able to fight the battles of the Lord and won victories of God is the same anointing that's here for you and me to fight the battles of the Lord against the giants of uncleanness and ungodliness and unrighteousness and despair and lack and want. And we could see these giants come down by the mighty power of God and see the Lord bring holiness back to a new generation and bring righteousness back to a new nation and bring the victory of worshiping and praising God as the joy of living together in the community back to a new generation, I tell you the truth. I believe this psalm would be a good psalm for you to study, to sharpen you, to hone you into an instrument of power for a new generation that you can inspire them. Inspire them with love and hope and faith, with encouragement, with support, with help. <laughs> with help. Ethan was there to help David and do whatever needed doing and that same spirit he had as an old man. He was there with Solomon. He didn't compare Solomon to David. 
He knew that the anointing that God had given David was also there for Solomon. And he was supporting Solomon to do whatever he could do to serve. And I believe that is the spirit by which we may inspire a new generation to rise to all that God's predestined to them. Amen. Have a good day.